0: Welcome to another edition i'm mr nice guy i'm ben slowey joining me today uh, in the first um five-person gallery view um mm. i've got a, a four-piece uh hardcore band uh called garden home uh they um dropped an ep it was like a year and a half ago uh pardon me um but it was, called, was, Dispo- year. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it was called Disposable. yeah uh it's called disposable but they also have a Valentine's split they did this past year with American Bandit, fellow hardcore band. Um, I'm excited to talk to them about their passions, artistry, who they are, and why they do what they do. I'll let you guys all introduce yourselves and what you do in the band. Mike, we'll start with you.
1: Uh, I, well, my name is Mike. I play guitar, and I do some little screamy stuff here and there, background vocals, if you will.
2: Yeah. I am Mitch. I play bass, and uh, used to do some vocals, but not really anymore. We went we went all in on the uh, on Dylan and, and Mike's abrasive stuff. So um, I play bass now, and I love it.
3: John Doyle, finish up the, r- the rhythm section.
4: All right. Uh, what's up, y'all? I'm um, John. Uh, everyone calls me JD, and uh, I play drums, very poorly, and uh, <laughs> just stumble my way through a lot of songs. But I have as much fun as I can with my friends.
1: <laughs> okay, we're not a pop punk band, all
4: right? Yeah. <laughs> fuck
1: yeah, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah.
0: <laughs> uh,
3: I'm Dylan. I play uh, the other guitar. Uh, I would say Mike's kind of the lead boy. He does most of the most of the writing. Uh, and then, uh, I do the, the majority of the vocal stuff and I have to refute JD's comment. I often say that he's like the only one with real talent in the band and the rest of us have like an adequate amount.
4: <laughs> mm, sorry, just trying to be modest. <laughs> the band might break up on this podcast.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: be after this. And, uh. And I'm Ben. I'm a terrible podcaster. Um, no, but... Ben. <laughs> Stop no it. Fault. Oh, no, I'm terrible at this, and that's why I do it so much. Um, but, uh, no, I'm excited to talk to you guys. Uh, thanks for being on the show tonight. Um, yeah. Thank you
4: for having us. Yeah, thank yeah. you.
0: You're welcome. Um, yeah, I-, I haven't had uh, this many chefs in the kitchen in a while on one episode, you know?
1: Yeah. We're, we're just trying not to talk bullshit over each other. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so, uh, how were all of your days today? Uh,
1: I was skateboarding in Chicago. I went to Grant Park for the first time, and it was awesome. That was your first um, time in Grant Park, huh? Yeah. Uh, I was at a coffee shop, and a barista thought I was Grizz, the DJ. And... Uh, and uh, some guy told me he liked my tattoos. So I had I got a lot of compliments today. So I'm <laughs> having a good day. Actually, I was having a good day until I ran over a squirrel earlier. So that kind of evened it out. That's Mitch, all I got
2: for you. <laughs> Mitch, what kind of day are you have? So I j- actually just started a new job this week. Uh, I was yes. laid That's off from idea. my... <laughs> from my full-time job back in April due to COVID and the repercussions from that. And I finally got something else after five and a half months. So I started on Monday and today was my third day. Uh, It was a nice and easy day. And then I came home and I registered or made sure I was registered to vote and all good to go there uh, because now I'm officially staying in my place for the, you know, I want to make sure I'm all squared away and good to go for that for November 3rd. And, um, Got that done and in the process of eating some tacos and, and doing a podcast <laughs> right now. Ooh. So, yeah. Podcast tacos. That, yes, sir. Um, other than that, just hanging out. Uh, JD, tell me about your day. Uh,
4: it was pretty chill. Um, got tested for COVID just because I do. Uh, I work in the That's service cool. industry, so we get a lot of people from out of town who May not just know like our you know Milwaukee social distancing guidelines and what to do at a restaurant and stuff like that, so I mean uh, just just for my safety and the safety of my coworkers i I get tested weekly just because even if i 'm not feeling sick or whatever, uh, so I did that this morning, went to the bank, did a bunch of laundry, um, I went to the park with my dog and got to toss around the frisbee so that was that was pretty cool and now i'm drinking a beer with my boys hey Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah pretty solid day pretty solid day
0: yeah that's a wholesome day um the, the frisbee with the dog is a nice touch definitely
4: um yeah there's some guys playing soccer next to us he was kind of freaking out about about that for a little bit but we made it we made it work <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you go um and then last but not least dylan tell me about your day
3: I uh, I worked I worked uh I used to have like a a nine to five sort of gig pre COVID at Lakefront Brewery and then uh, the world ended and uh, now that's like half my time so I got to have one of those like normal days today I just worked nine to five got some stuff done on the computer chill it's a chill day it's gorgeous out sitting by an open window so you know make the most of it oh,
4: yeah. uh, I'm a computer
0: <laughs> stop yeah. all the downloading. Yeah, it was uh, it was hot today, um, but I think we're on like the last uh, string of, you know, yeah. pseudo summery days before it really fall really sets in. Which I'm not complaining about because I do love a good sixty uh, degree breeze, you know. So the last day of hot boy summer. <laughs> okay. yeah, that's right. So hell yeah. Yeah,
3: this was was sad boy summer. I don't know what kind of summer you had.
1: (laughs) I just dyed my hair blue. It's hot boy summer now. It was sad boy summer until like two days ago.
0: (laughs) Um, I mean, doesn't even feel like there was fucking summer. Like it, it barely felt like a summer, you know? Yeah. Because I agree. There's nothing there was, you know, the normal things you bask in, were just either non-existent or minuscule. So
3: sorry, did you say Carol Baskin? (laughs) Your
0: <laughs> basket, yeah. Um, anyway, um, so, uh, what we talk about on Mr. nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion, and creativity. And uh, so, Garden Hub, first time I saw you guys was at that uh, EP release show for disposable, uh, at Bremen Cafe last two days ago, and uh. Yeah, that was the most packed I've ever seen, that Little River West Cafe. Um, you guys fucking stole the show there. And it was also just a stacked bill. Uh, Mike, your other band, Burmesia, Uh Oh, yeah. R.I.P. I, I didn't even know you guys weren't a band anymore.
1: I mean, I don't – it's been up in the air for a while, but – um uh conrad our vocalist and then uh our drummer both moved out to portland so yeah you know
3: i, I kind of puts a damper on things yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
0: it's kind of tough yeah so, but that happens that definitely yeah. does happen but we, we, also we, we made it happen but. yeah yeah for sure um american bandit played that night too um mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, shout out to Nick Heath uh, on the vocals there that night. He's climbing all over that place. Um, man, he's yeah. good for that. Yeah.
3: He, he probably told the story when he, when they were on your podcast. But man, I'll never forget the story of him trying to climb some fence and just like getting caught on like barbed wire or something. Yeah. And he had like no choice but to like <laughs> like in the middle of their set like pull his hand off of this shit. It just sounds awful.
0: Yeah, he did tell that story actually when they were here, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, man, he's <laughs> he is he's rambunctious, but he's really fucking good at what he does. Um, hey. Yeah, um, and then uh, of course Snag was on that show too, and Snag is one of my favorite bands in town. Um, they're also Thanks, some buddy. of the nicest dudes That's ever. Shit. Hell yeah! Hey hell
1: yeah uh saki is my roommate oh yeah. oh no okay
0: well, shout out to saki yeah and then, uh,
3: yeah uh, sam from like, snag works with me and jd so we see that dude all the time
0: late uh, front right yep yep hell yeah that's dope yeah um oh, he's in his room. <laughs> yeah. well tell him i tell him i said i love him um okay. <laughs> yeah yeah no i i've Seen Snag a uh, number of times, and they're a band I will, even if, like, you know, no matter what, like, I will always go go see a Snag gig because their yeah. shows are so much fun and it's a lot of really cathartic energy that a lot of people are feeling, like, mm-hmm. existentially. Frustrations. Yeah, yeah, totally. But climate anxiety, yeah, the climate core, yeah. Yep. So, Garden Home. This band that you guys um, uh, formed, uh, it's, yeah, we're going to talk about the band itself and everything. But first, we kind of got to dive into, like, who does what and how it all started. So, Dylan, I'm actually going to start with you on this one. Hell Uh, yeah. Dylan, uh, tell me about when music really started for you. Uh, Oh,
3: boy. So, like. Like, go, go back go back to when I was this size or whatever? I mean, square one. Okay. Well, I mean, it literally starts for me with my dad was in an 80s hair metal band. I honestly should probably try to go pull up the photo. Um,
4: <laughs> it's amazing. It's it, a good
3: one. It's, it's pretty sick. rad. Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. It was easy. So, yeah, this was, this was my dad. My dad in the, uh, in the 80s. Uh, and this is how he looked when, I, when he oh, met yeah. my mom. And uh, I think they were together for a few months and then all of a sudden she was pregnant. Uh, so I'm literally the spawn <laughs> of some happened. yeah right <laughs> um, I'm the spawn of some 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 people like us I guess back in the day and then, yeah uh, yeah some hair
0: metal intimacy.
3: And then yeah, I, I don't know like they were the the right age for to fully participate in the grunge era. So like I grew up with a lot of like Nirvana and Soundgarden uh, in the house. Um, and then, I don't know, fast forward to, um, I'm in you know probably end of elementary school and middle school, I got like pretty into Incubus, which is like probably a lot of people's gateway drugs because then that led to like Linkin Park. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, it kept getting heavier after that. Um, But my mom was always into like really uh, into West Coast hip hop, so I also grew up with a lot of that. Um, But yeah, since my dad played guitar, I grew up with him just kind of showing me stuff along the way. And I guess I've been the benefactor of not only getting all his secondhand knowledge, but all of his secondhand gear, all the crap that he's like, well, I got something better. So do you want this? So (laughs) it was kind of
0: what helped me get started, I guess. Totally dope. Awesome. Um, When was your first band?
3: I was in a band in high school called Public Nudity. (laughs) Public Nudity.
0: Yeah. Okay.
3: We we thought we were funny. We were like, oh man, people see that on a flyer, like live tonight, Public Nudity. Like people will turn out for that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we played out, we always played our last song in our boxers. Um, We... (laughs) We probably we probably had like four gigs and then uh, we were we were playing a show at a at a one of my close friends hu- uh, house party in high school and our drummer like quit the band in the middle of the set, <laughs> it was just like I don't want to fucking do this anymore and like dropped his sticks and like walked off and so that was that was the end of that one for me. Um, Man. And then I, I had a couple other uh, projects in high school I participated in but uh, nothing ever is long or I guess. It's, serious as this I never put out any like physical albums like we have yeah sure
0: so awesome um yeah uh JD how about you when did music start for you um I mean I didn't really play
4: anything until uh I think either eighth grade or or freshman year when I met Mike um actually um uh, when I had when I met Mike I actually bought a guitar like a Fender squire I think from uh, from a mutual friend of ours yeah Larry Larry Carmichael oh
2: yeah um,
4: yeah I bought I bought his his old guitar and yeah I kind of kind of noodled around with that for maybe maybe like a year something like that and then I was like oh man this is Hard. It's terrible. <laughs> my brain, my brain just doesn't understand this. And Mike is so good at guitar, and I just, I just am terrible at this. Um, and then another mutual friend of ours. Uh, her name's Kayla. She actually got a drum kit for like her birthday or Christmas or something like that. And uh, we would just like go over to her house, and I would like, you know, just mess around like playing, playing on her drum kit, and then. I don't know like six months later, she was like thinking about selling it, and I was like, "'ll I'll, I'll buy this off you like this this seems like fun." And yeah, I ended up buying it off her for like 50 bucks. And uh, so I just had like this this like really crappy um, really basic starter drum kit for for a while, and then me and Mike and uh, a buddy of ours, Luke, started a, a really crappy pop punk band. We just like thought we were Blink One Eighty Two or some Forty One or something, and just started.
1: Um, a, a strange addiction.
4: Yeah, yeah, we were called The strange addiction. We wrote most of the songs pretty much like in my room, which was which in was the, the basement. basement. Yeah. yeah, the basement of uh, of me and my mom's house when I was a oh, kid. Oh, that's that's so punk rock, man. Uh, <laughs> so
1: punk.
4: Yeah. We we
1: practiced like all our vocals through um, a guitar amp too. We just plugged this like drum microphone into a yeah. guitar amp, and that's what we did vocals through. And uh, we played like we played a skate park and like two house parties and maybe like one other
4: show. Battle uh, of the Bands or like uh, our, oh, our oh yeah, is that high school? Was that our high school. Yeah, high school talent show. Classic um yeah we didn't play very many shows um but yeah after that uh we kind of all went off to college and we're doing our own thing mike started uh uh, a different band in college called in the company of wolves while i was i was
2: was in that yeah oh yeah yeah.
4: pratt was in that too Uh, drummer
2: drummer in that one
4: so i went up yeah i moved up i moved up to green bay and uh was doing the whole college thing. And then I ended up eventually moving down to Milwaukee and uh, started started the band with these boys. And also our mutual friend, Scott,
0: who is no longer in the band. Yeah. Um, did all of you guys grow up in Wisconsin? Yeah, I'm from
2: Green Bay. Yep. Yep. I'm from Wausau, way up north. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: where, JD, Mike, where are you guys from?
1: from uh williams bay which no one has ever heard of but it's where Yerkes observatory is and it's like in the lake geneva
0: area so oh County. okay yeah my uncle lives in lake geneva yep. Nice. wow so i'm the token fib here um, <laughs> i'm what? actually
4: i'm actually from illinois uh originally but we moved we moved to lake geneva when i was like eight seven or eight years old i think Yeah, uh, i'm from
0: the suburbs of chicago but i came Same. up to milwaukee for uh UWM. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Pratt, tell me about how music started for you.
2: Well, um, I don't know if I, I mean, so I got a drum set when I was in seventh grade. Um, You know, my dad, my parents, not really musically inclined, but um, it's one of those things where, you know, my dad was a music fan. I mean, all different kinds, Ozzy, Led Zeppelin was a big one. Um, even still listens to like old country and stuff like your Merle Haggard and, you know, Ronnie Mills, stuff like that, that, you know, that it's it's always been around, but yeah, they bought me a drum set when I was in seventh grade, uh, bless their hearts because that's, uh, I would try to play when they weren't home, but that's obviously very noisy when (laughs) in a house without any, you know, you don't have a, a studio or anything like that. Um, it wasn't exactly a house that was built for music, but, um, Yeah, and then played drums, did a little bit of, uh, you know, messing around with friends in high school, nothing too serious. I guess I had a couple friends that, you know, one played guitar, another played bass, and I was a drummer, and we would try to get together, but it was like the musical interests weren't really there. You know, I've always been like a pop punk, you know, kind of guy, yellow card, blink, Newfound Glory, like those types of things, you know, less than Jake. And those guys were more, you know, one was like a retro rock, more like strokes and stuff like that, which is all cool. But, you know, and then, you know, whatever, but either way, we didn't have sort of that synergy of, of liking all the same types of music, which is a big thing. So, um, you know, it was kind of, it would come and go, I'd probably go stretches without even touching my drum set. But then uh, when I went to college, at UWM, uh, in 2009, I met Mike, like, probably first month of school, Mike, I would say, right? Something like that?
1: Yeah, you were the guy, you were the guy that bought me beer, because I was younger than you.
2: You can't say that on this
0: podcast? <laughs> that's how I met
2: him. <laughs> Man, that's how,
0: that's, yeah, you're gonna get arrested after
2: this podcast. <laughs> yeah,
3: 30 years, or 10 years later.
2: Yeah, so. Now. <laughs> yeah, Mike, I, I had a I moved to UWM or moved to Milwaukee Eastside, got a house, skipped the whole dorm crap, and Mike lived in the dorms, right? Mike lived in yeah. Columbia. I lived in no the longer- weird dorms across from Sandberg. Yeah, so he would come over and, you know, I we had a mutual interest in pop punk and stuff like that, and, and Easy Core at the time was, was pretty big, right, yeah. Mike? Yeah. The so band's like Such Gold and stuff like that. you years Strong. Yeah, four years strong. Years, but you might have had a such gold shirt or something, and that's that's why I was like, oh, you know that band? Yeah. Uh, and you were like, I never thought anyone within a hundred miles would know who that band is. And yeah, because uh, well, we, we we would both look at this blog that would post
1: um, Bandcamp EPs. Yeah. Like we, were like just listening blogs? To like, we were just yeah. listening to super indie like pop punk, easy core bands. It's kind of a was weird. That strike yeah. gently.
2: <laughs>
1: oh no. <God. laughs> no. <like> no. <laughs>
2: Some good old Saturday. Sorry. Uh, so then me and Mike uh, obviously struck up a friendship and stuff. And, yeah, I don't know if – then you, me, Lon, and Regal formed a band called In the Company of Wolves. I don't know if – Regal lived with you at the time, right? Mike he, and then
1: he, yeah. Lon did, right? Lon did, too. Yeah. We, we had, had a practice far- space in the
0: attic. Are you referring to Eric Week, Regal? Yeah. Yep. Yep, that Regal. would be
3: – If you've been to one of our shows, uh, his name – is chanted now, like, five years later. From yeah, that's how, I, that's how I
0: first knew who he was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Eric
3: Regal. I, I don't know. Everyone everyone gets behind it.
2: <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it. Um, So, yeah, and then that lasted for, like, a year. We played a couple shows, like, in, like, the Brady River Street, or River West area, excuse me, Brady Street area. I know we played one down in, like, in Delavan one time. That was pretty fun.
1: Yeah, the Legion and, Hall. You know, we,
2: so we maybe played you know a dozen shows as that band played at the up and under a few times which rest in peace yeah, yeah. after, after this, this week they're dead. yeah,
1: done. yeah. Funny story so under, enough, uh, like, at the it, up and under Yeah, uh, regal regal was headbanging just wasted at that show <laughs> and and he fell, he, off, the he fell forward <laughs> off the stage and his, his shoes
2: went flying off his feet like a cartoon. <laughs> it was
1: unreal yeah, it was
2: so funny so yeah, a couple of years later, started the band with the boys. I think 2015 we started this one. But yeah, nothing nothing leading up to this has been I have I, you know, cared this much about. Bro. I think we started doing this um, in
3: 2014, but our first maybe show was, was like
2: January
3: of 2015.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, we jammed for a good 6 months probably before mm-hmm. we played our first show. So that that makes sense. Yeah, so here we are.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um and that leaves Mike uh how you got started with all this shit uh well it's kind of weird
1: because now i feel like i'm tied to jd in ways and tied to pratt in ways so now it's like they almost told my story already but like uh <laughs> i played saxophone in a high school band for a really long time and then i hit puberty and i was like this is lame i want to play guitar <laughs> and so i got a guitar a cheap ibanez from music around and I would just go, I would print off tabs of Blink-182 songs and learn them. And, uh, and uh, yeah, me and JD started that band, A Strange Addiction. We played some shows. And then, yeah, I met Pratt. We started in the company of Wolves. Uh, that broke up. And then I think, like, we were, me and Dylan were out in, like, Colorado. And we yep. were just, like, with Scott, who Stand at was, a a, was our second Grand Lake, right? In this band. So this so when when this band started, it was called um, Hodari before it was Garden Home, and we released an EP, a three song EP through that name, and then kind of just like scrapped that whole thing, and then kind of kept well, like some of the songs for a while. Scott Scott started
3: pursuing Bermisha and yep. like got a new job, and like got a new girlfriend, and he was never a, a little scram baby anyways so he just like wasn't always stoked on how heavy it kind of was and it, yeah. it was like pretty mutual and he was just like i just don't want to do this anymore and yeah. at that time i was only doing vocals uh, right. so when he left i was like I have the stuff like you know and so we just kind of moved on changed the name
1: um and got a little louder yeah actually I do, now that i think about it i, I was in another like Screamo band, not Screamo like Snag, but Screamo like Chiodos, called like Betrayal (laughs) as a Symptom. (laughs) And that never went, we never played any shows, it was terrible. Um, How did
0: you guys, so where did the garden home name come from? Where did that, how did that originate? Well, I
3: mean like, we haven't even really ever talked to anyone about this, but like when it was Hodari, we had gotten that name from one of the gorillas at the Milwaukee Zoo. His name is Hodari, and I just... I was like there on in like one of my first dates with my partner and um, I saw the name and I was like that's cool we were looking for a name at the time and I said like sent it to the guys and I was like oh like the sign says it means like you know strong and powerful and like we thought it was cool and then like pretty quickly it would became obvious that like it's it's like an African name and people were messaging us on Facebook thinking we were someone named Hodari and we were like this isn't we're a bunch of white boys. Like, this isn't our, this isn't our thing to use. Like, it, it started feeling weird, like, appropriation and stuff. So when Scott left, we were, like, here's an easy time to transition.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: Garden Home, we were, like, looking for names and stuff and working on some new music. And I forget how I found it, but I was, like, looking at a map of Milwaukee. And I was, like, farting around on the map, and I saw one that was, like, Garden Homes District. Um, and I believe it's kind of kind of near – um like Port Washington or something like that like kind of near that Home Depot over there uh and I was like this is cool you know like this got kind of a cool ring and like I don't know about the other guys but I'm pretty into like plants and stuff so like (laughs) I thought I thought it was cute um and uh I think I initially pitched the garden home or something like that and uh uh, JD lived with me at that time so we were kind of like Toying with it and thinking about it, and we sent it to the guys. They nixed the the, and I think
0: it just carried on that way. Dope. Dope. Awesome. Cool. Um, hey, botany is fucking awesome,
2: okay? Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 It's not fun to take a botany class. That's not fun, but <laughs> flowers and plants and stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, my parents, I grew up in a greenhouse. My parents were owned a garden center growing up, so That's I admire fun. Having a well tended garden is um, it's, it's something I grew up with, and I have admiration for that kind of uh, imagery. So, um, what was your guys' first show as Garden Home? As Garden Home, or like with
1: like back when we were Hodari? As Garden Home. Oh my god! I
3: think I think our first time. Yeah, back
1: I don't know. Was uh,
3: like when when Scott left the band you know not this is certainly not meant to be any diss on him but we had like a show that was in like six weeks or something coming up (laughs) and it was with like uh american bandit at x-ray i'm pretty sure i can't maybe i think it was the metal Grill still back then um
1: it was definitely a metal Grill at the time
3: yeah uh and i think it was their second to last most recent ep it was like all their faces are like green on it or something like that I can't remember the name of the EP though but it was that like release oh yeah and if you yeah Nick's a Nick's a homie of mine and I just like I don't know I didn't want to like let him down and like cancel like a couple weeks before and I think we just kind of like boogied really quick to get me caught up on playing and singing at the same time and it was uh it was kind of a rough like first show back like we had been off for a while like since Odari had kind of ended and Scott had left we were like recording at the time and that ended up being a project that was like scrapped because of the transition and um, yeah I I don't remember much from that show but I just I remember apologizing to Nick after and being like I'm sorry if we seem like unprepared at all and he was like you're talking about, you know, Nick, Nick's a nice dude, so I don't know if he was just being polite,
0: but... <laughs> oh, I, I can literally hear that phrase coming from his, like, in his voice. I can't hear him saying that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> dope. Um, so uh, tell me about Disposable, the EP that uh, you guys dropped last year. So it's, what, five songs? Yeah. So, yeah, five songs. So... Yeah. um. Yeah, kind of. Tell me about this collection of songs and just kind of like what the recording process looked like. I mean, yeah, love to hear more about like its background. Um, I just well,
1: Dylan will probably have to start. But um, two of the songs are from are carried over from our time with Scott in the band. We did make changes to both of them, but um, those yeah, were like two I'm- songs that we when we were first changing the name, we were like we should. We should carry over at least these two songs because they're we like them enough. And that was context and loner. Context was context like
3: definitely a, a Scott song. Like he had parts on that song for sure. And I think loner was like yeah,
4: it was written in three four, so it was definitely Scott.
3: <laughs> um, I think loner was uh like being written or like you had it fleshed out, but like Scott never wrote anything because he was kind of like already on the way out a little at that time Yeah,
1: dude that's um, the that's the crazy part about that song is when we, w- we would play that song live and he would make something up different every time almost <laughs> it felt like which is weird to think back on now because like that's stressful
3: <laughs> yeah i, would, I wouldn't want to do that in a live setting
1: yeah. but he um, made it work
3: yeah yeah um yeah those carried over uh i don't know i still think loner's a banger uh
1: That sounds
3: cool. We had it, we had that out as a single, like when we like reintroduced his garden home, Uh, we had that one recording session we had been working on. We like took what was there and had somebody like redress it up. And um, I think that was just kind of like to get something out for the time being. Um, But I like our, the, the version that's on disposable is like vastly improved in my opinion. Um, but yeah those two songs came from Hodari Uh, the other three were all written you know as as Garden Home it was the four of us Um, and I don't know writing process is usually Mike bringing a riff or two Uh, JD and Pratt plugging them together I don't know I'll usually like flourish one little thing like I don't know let's strum this part this way and then um i don't know my my like lyrical writing style is i just like come up with random ideas or like things i want to talk about and I make a note about it and then once we have a song like on a phone recording i'll just sit and make something fit whatever i'm feeling at that time um we recorded it with uh ryan roberts at uh lakefront
0: roberts lakefront Mm -hmm. studios lakefront
3: studios yeah big shout out to him he did uh he did disposable and the valentine's ep well because he's an american bandit and they were on that uh, split with us um so uh uh, cost effective for them i'm sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) um ryan's awesome i don't know he's really patient um he's just easy to work with the
4: sweetest guy he's so nice
3: (laughs) Uh, he's got a dog, Teddy. Teddy's really chill. He's a sweet guy, too. Uh, and then his, his he usually had, like, two roommates uh, chilling out in the other room, having beers, and, like, playing video games. So if one of us weren't recording, we'd, like, go out there and try to beat those guys in, like, Dragon Ball Z or something. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. So we, we like, plugged those five songs together. Um, it was – How we've done most of the the recording is like we haven't done any like live sessions. It's all like, you know, I think Mike usually does a scratch track JD will do drums, then we go back to Mike to do a real track and then the rest of us pile on from there. Um, And I don't know the the uh, art direction for disposable the like cover of the, the sad boy with a bunch of photos actually uh, came from a I don't know if it was just a snag show but it, uh, Sam who's in snag it was like his birthday party and he like had these disposable cameras everywhere and just was like handing them out to people and was like take photos and then I'm gonna collect them all at the end of the night and that's kind of like sparked the idea for me it was like I thought that was a cool idea and then I had this like you know like I'm gonna do it all analog <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna take real photos and it's all gonna be you know real stuff all the handwriting on it is like my handwriting. Um, and uh, and then our buddy Zach Fugit was our, our sad boy model. Uh, that was
1: a, that was a, those photos were taken at like a, your New Year's party, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, we threw a, I have a bar in my basement. Yeah, the ones <laughs> on the yeah. table
2: of the, of the cover art, yeah, are all, actual, yeah, all the actual yeah, disposable pictures. From the
3: was from a party here, we had like three or four cameras, but yeah, so like kind of stole his idea a little bit. <laughs> um, credit where it's due, I guess. Uh, and uh, and then yeah, I mean obviously that led to the name Disposable. Um, that was a fun party. There's a the, uh, there's a picture of my cat on the back, uh, who is like passed away since all the COVID stuff started. So I'm kind of glad I got to like memorial him, memorialize him a little bit.
0: Uh but yeah, I don't know. Am I missing anything there, boys? Um I'm interested like it's like lyrically, like thematic like what are some themes that you really like uh on this on that
3: record. Well, I know she's gonna watch this, so I'll probably regret this, but uh a lot of it's me whining about my relationship with my mom. It's an <laughs> easy place for me to go to. Um she, I don't know. There's just a lot of reasons to be uh frustrated about any relationship. And uh I think you know there's there's probably bits and pieces that aren't about her or about other relationships in my life, and you know, like I'm sure all the guys in the band have had their share of frustrating relationships with people and roommates, and you know like I don't know, it kind of spans a lot of that, and so the disposable name kind of lend and, you know lent itself to that feeling of those relationships, I guess. Um, and then therefore that album cover where the guy's looking at all the photos of uh, good times. Uh, And now they are good times. Uh, We can't have parties like that anymore.
0: (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, So, Uh, yeah, I, I relate to like that kind of stuff. I mean, I've like, kind of struggled with like, you know security with like family relationships myself so i mean that kind of stuff is i mean it resonates heavily and you know it's mm-hmm. good to scream about
3: yeah yeah it's uh, it's cathartic for sure and i've missed it dearly in quarantine
0: oh yeah, yeah kidding
3: yeah just want to be loud it's been, a
1: while. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's been a while yeah so uh and then how about the split with american bandit tell me about that thing
1: um,
3: I'm sorry to keep hogging the show here boys Uh, and that was I guess that was like kind of another idea of mine I like had wanted Uh, I think JD and I got chatting one time I was like we always wanted to do a cover and you know like any amount of people in a band there's going to be a bunch of differing opinions about what band to cover and what song of theirs and like you know I, we have like a, a Facebook chat we all like keep in touch in and every now and then one of us will send like here let's let's go cover this um and none of, none of them ever took off and then so yeah i had this idea i was like it'd be cool to do like a whole ep of like love song covers and put it out on valentine's day and i had it i had that idea like the valentine's day prior uh to this one and so that idea morphed and uh, i was like all of a sudden i was like we have five original songs i was like is half our set gonna be covers now i was just like that that doesn't make sense to me anymore. I was like, we're going to spend all our time working on other people's songs. And then um, I kind of nudged Nick about it when we were out drinking one night and was like, hey, I have this idea. Would you guys want to like do this with us? And I was like, I think the idea would be cute for Valentine's Day. It could be like a broken heart, you know, just appropriate for a split. And so like, that's kind of where the album art idea came from. Uh, And I was like, you know, like the one stipulation is like, one cover, one original. Uh, that way, you can still kind of highlight uh, your own sound, and then have some fun with something else. So yeah, they covered a oh, the wedding singer. Uh, Somebody yep. kill me. Yeah. Um, I thought they killed it. It's so like outside yeah. of their like normal sound that the, it made it really fun that way. The greatest
1: emo song of all time. Adam Seriously. Sandler's uh, Somebody Kill Me. <laughs>
3: Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we did uh, Fell in Love with a Girl by White Stripes. I like my dad was really into them my whole upbringing, so I grew up with a lot of Jack White's feedback in the house. <laughs> um, and like Mike, I think that was like the first album you got, right?
1: Yeah, White white Blood Cells was the first album I ever purchased with my own money. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: I had it, it was a great album, top that to is bottom,
0: dude, yeah. it, dude. It's so good. So, oh, where we're at now, um. What are you guys working on? Oh fuck.
1: that's that's a touchy
0: subject.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had we had probably maybe a song and a half, two songs kind of ish working on, done, kind of not done, but working on, right? One and, one was
1: really close to being done, and that song was really cool dope. and I was really excited about it. But now I'm like scared, I don't even remember how to play it.
3: Well, I still, it's still saved in my phone as a a Lydia's Bar and Grill, I think is what we temporarily named it, because that's where we we always drank after practice. Dude,
0: that place has, like, some of the best wings in the city. Dude, that's the thing.
3: (laughs) They got, like, half-off wings on Wednesdays, and that's usually when we practice, so we would like, go over there and get a beer and have some wings after practice.
1: Yeah, our, our practice space is, like, pretty much across the street from it, so that's, like, how we ended up there
3: man i I hope she sees this but man there's this wild server at Olivia, at Olydia's
1: oh my god <laughs> like
3: she is so bizarre and for whatever reason we get her every time we're there and like uh mike described her like personality as <laughs> Tim Ro- or, uh, what, Oh, Robin say?
1: Williams having a uh, identity crisis with all, his, <laughs> with all the roles that he's ever performed
3: on a family guy and he's like <laughs> he keeps like switching between characters yeah oh man
1: it's exactly how she is it's so wild so like part it's, of it's the most uncomfortable thing ever but i i miss her now you know? i do too the quarantine <laughs> makes you miss things you never thought you would and i, I miss uh my lydia's robin williams server now yeah it's <laughs> so, a great yes. server
3: i'll, I'll give her
4: that yeah, yeah yeah we never went
3: it's, we never went neglected
4: it's fun. So, we'll, we'll practice for for a solid like two hours and be and be super tired and then go see her and be right as rain.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's great. So you guys are kind of like what are you in like development hell sort of
3: a like with the bit. new stuff
0: yeah.
2: I, yeah. Mean, like, uh, I
3: think yeah. a lot of us like started our own projects and had our own you know quarantine struggles to get through you know um, like you know jd and i got laid off for a period at lakefront and like things were kind of weird there as like it reopened and stressful and i don't know like it was pretty wild to go from like no hours for two weeks to 20 for a few weeks then 30 and then back up to 40 and like i just remember that first like 40 hour week like after work just being like i am so dog tired like i'm just was i wasn't like as rehearsed anymore at that time and Um, yeah Mike got real into art
1: yep I'm just just a painter now (laughs) hey man if you have anything for sale let me know working my way towards that point but I mean it's just we it's just I've just been like learning songs more than I have been writing songs I feel just to kind of keep up with guitar and like which is weird I don't know
2: on that, literary... record,
1: like uh like like terrible situations make you write more. That's just like not the case this year. I don't know.
0: I think i I found it goes either way with artists. Like so I, I helped Alan I'm helping Alan with you know publishing stuff on breaking and entering these days. Yeah. And um <clears throat> you know, some artists are dropping more than they've ever dropped right now. Like they're, this is like, they're inspired by the times to like create and really work internally, which is great. But then there's other, there's also artists that can't bring themselves to create right now because of a, like they might feel selfish. B, they just are so, they just feel really despondent about everything. And it's just not, they're not in the right headspace, you know, like, which both, both routes are valid, you know, like I wouldn't, you know, I'm so, I'm really, really happy for everyone creating right now, but I totally empathize with those that aren't, um, right. you know, it's. I've certainly like felt
3: like what I want to write about has changed a lot as far as like lyrically, like, I just don't feel like with, uh, the quarantine stuff and how awful the country is politically right now. And, uh, you know, black lives matter really exploding this year. And, you know, I think damn near all of us participated in the protests and stuff one way or another. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just, I don't feel like I can whine about relationships anymore. Like there's just a lot more like important things to talk about. And like, I don't know, even though our platform is small, using it for something better than, uh, you know I'm gonna be 30 next year you know and like so you just start to <laughs> uh, re- reassess some of those priorities and yeah man I just don't I don't want to write about that same stuff anymore I'm too frustrated with other things now
1: it's hard to bring yourself to write about stuff like that too like I, my, my dad passed away in June and I keep thinking like oh I, this that would be like a way to like channel some of like the ways that I feel about that happening like into music but then I just never write music. I more so was able to do that through art itself, like painting, which is weird to me. I was always like, oh, like, we play this, like, super, like, well, not super heavy, but this heavier, faster-paced, like, music that, like, would be good for venting, that kind of stuff, but it just, like, didn't. It, it just I just never can bring myself to do that. I think maybe it has to do with us not practicing, too. It's right. sometimes hard to write stuff like that on your own, but,
4: so. A huge, a huge part of us not being able to write is the restrictions we have with our practice space, too. And, like, for a while, we weren't even yeah, allowed to go our, in there. Our dance there.
2: space is, like, this big. So
4: yeah.
2: it's it's an issue.
4: Yeah. For a while, we weren't even allowed to go in there. And then it was like, okay, you guys can go in there, but only one person at a time. And it's got to be by appointment. And it's, I don't know, it's just made it really difficult. Mm-hmm. I think we're kind of at a
3: breaking point though. I mean like we have been like kind of chatting more and more and like today we even had a talk about like we just need to take that first step. I mean my partner and I have even been saying the same thing about going to the gym. You know like it's scary but like clearly this isn't ending anytime soon and I'm sick of hating myself so like I need these outlets you know so we're just gonna like start bucking up and doing it more and more and trying to just be as safe as possible. And that's how I feel about us getting together is just like, yeah, we just like got to go in there with masks, you know, that probably means less, less drinking during practice, but maybe that's a good thing.
0: Um, And uh, maybe,
3: yeah, I don't know, man. Like when quarantine started, when I had all that free time, like I was like real inspired as far as like, I started learning like a lot of like recording and production sort of things. And like, I have a digital mixer that we used for our PA at the space that I like went and jacked from the space and like figured out how to plug it into my get my computer and like got Reaper and like got a bunch of free plugins and started learning all that stuff and then I even like got as far as recording an acoustic version of our song disposable and like had it I don't know Like the idea is mostly there but then like I got like frustrated with like all of a sudden I started learning more, and I was like, wow, I did a bunch of this wrong, and now it's, like, gonna be this huge project of, like, re-recording it correctly, Uh, and then, I don't know, summer hit, and I was like, I gotta get outside as much as possible while we can, you know, especially since, like, once winter hits, I don't know what you're gonna, you know, like, can't, can't go to bars, really, and, you know, it's just, like, it's uncertain that way, but I'm, like, kinda of looking forward to maybe having some of that alone time back in the house. Um I got I got a condenser mic and like started investing in some of the like right equipment and like I hope whatever ideas we flesh out coming up that we may even just be able to like record and put out ourselves and like keep our bubble really small like while also keeping costs down, you know, like um so I mean like that's that was like the one music thing I like really dove into during all this. Still yeah. working on it, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: end? <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you sharing all that, Dylan. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's... I get conflicted with that, too, you know, through, like... For a while, I would have felt, like, kind of... I would have felt kind of, like, you know, selfish starting this show back up, like, at the beginning of the summer, for example, when the George Floyd protests were just, you know... It was all we could focus on. Um, mm. And uh, nothing's changed. I mean, you know, fascism has still been unfolding in our country. And uh, we just saw today the fucking bullshit news about the cops, Rihanna mm. Taylor. Yep. And, uh, you know, like, that's just going to fuel even more revolutionary action and whatnot. And, you know, like, you know, I'm still going to be doing this, but. Um, but that can't, uh, it can't take away from like, you know, our action in the streets and whatnot. And that kind of, cause that stuff is more important than ever right now. So, yeah, I mean, it's a weird time to be like focusing on your own project, but you also have to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. cause ultimately like you can't fight a revolution if you're not living to your own personal truth at the same time you know so i just read a thing today
3: that stood out to me on that note that was uh your relationship with yourself affects all the others
0: yeah it does and that's that's valid as fuck like especially when it comes to being you know socially and politically active here like yeah you you gotta be invested in yourself internally before you know you can fight a good fight so yeah man mm -hmm. Yeah, well, thank you guys so much for being on the show tonight. Um, You know, this was fun, and uh, it's great to hang out and talk. And, uh, yeah, and take your – you know, of course, just take your guys' time. You know, like, kind of one little silver lining about quarantine is, like, it's this kind of an absence of FOMO. Like, there's not as much, like, fear of, like, oh, I'm going to miss this show or I'm going to miss, like – you know this band, uh, all, like all the bands that I like, are creating all this stuff. And like, what are we doing? Like, there's not any. This is total absence of that right now. And uh, um, and so, you know, like, do it. You know, work at your guys' own pace for sure. And um, yeah, but I mean, you guys still delivered a killer EP last year. You know, like, thank you, thank you. Hey, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I can pretty confidently say that, like, because of quarantine and because, like, there hasn't been all this progress writing, certainly doesn't – I don't feel like we're done, you know. Like, I still – like I said, I intend to kind of get our ass back in gear here and uh, hopefully – I don't know. Maybe by the time this is posted or something, we might even have something to say for ourselves by that point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and me living with Saki, it's like, damn, dude, Snag's working on stuff right now. it's like he talks about it, and I'm like, Fuck, I miss doing stuff like that, so maybe that'll inspire Maybe Saki will inspire me.
0: I was at Saki once again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the best. Best. totally. Well, so as we're closing out, I ask everyone the same questions. Um, on our way out, I'm going to start with Pratt here. Um, what keeps you up at night? Oh.
2: Wow. Um, <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. In what realm? I mean. Uh, However you read that question. Uh, if it's not sports, uh, <laughs> um, I mean. Yeah, yeah I the, buck, the Bucks losing to the heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's unfortunate, but we've kind of, we've moved on, you know, at that point, or already at this point. <laughs> Um yeah if it's not that I mean that's a resident jock <laughs> yeah, yeah well unfortunately it's it's the cross I bear but um <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't know uncertainty i guess is is a big thing, especially lately um with everything you know i got laid off as like i got laid off laid off my with you know from my full time job i had Uh, I do have a part-time job at a radio station, which it's fine. I did work a little bit more throughout this. Um, but you know, just, you know, for a while there, it was like, I may have to move or something because I, you know, and just, I guess general, general anxiety from things like that for me, I definitely, uh, keep me thinking at night for sure. Totally. Yeah, that's valid. Definitely. Um, JD,
0: what about you? What keeps you up at night? Um,
4: just lots of lots of late nights. Uh, playing playing video games with the boys. Uh, Man, what 30,
2: about
0: you? What have you
4: been
2: playing late? Well, dude, I mean, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be deep and serious here, and JD is going to say video games, <laughs> which I mean, me too. But you hey, not get the hey ben,
4: ben said. However, you read the question. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: I did say uh, that.
4: So yeah, part of it. Part of it is uh, playing playing Smash with our mutual friend Luke, who lives out in California. Playing a lot of Super Smash Bros. Colorado. Playing a lot of Fort. Playing lot of Fortnite. Um, Fall guys, stuff like that. But uh, on a serious note. Um, Relationships with family members has been really, really weird during this time. Um, and just kind of seeing people's true colors come out um, as far as you know, how they feel about <clears throat> what's going on in this country politically. It's been uh, pretty upsetting. I've had to like really cut people out of my life because of it, because I just, I just can't be around that kind of negativity. Um. So yeah, that's been that's been kind of weird.
0: Yeah, I I know a lot of people are definitely going through that right now, and yeah, it's hard. I've cut a lot of people out this year because people are acting their people are living their lives like fucking nothing is happening. You know, that's it. Just ugh. Yeah, it gets me so fucking heated. You know, like when I just see people at the bars and, you know, just tweeting about, oh, I just want everything to, I'm so sick of the negativity. I want everything to be normal again. Well, you know what? Yeah. Then you should be fucking angry about racism too. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, uh, sure. Mike, <laughs> what keeps you up at night? Uh pff, Jesus, a lot of stuff. Uh, probably
1: mostly like a mixture of like regret and uh, the future the future is scary because i've been laid off since march and i've only been freelance writing for Urban milwaukee but um it doesn't really pay the bills uh because that's just how journalism is these days yay um but i actually started music around tomorrow so things are looking a little better i think
3: hell yeah we got right. we got an inside man the spy yeah. he's been yeah. playing shout
1: out shout out to live Together ball tonight josh rarden uh ryan gary we we actually played our first show ever with Live Tetherball tonight, and those dudes have been uh, homies ever like, since. Friends of mine for yeah. this entire time, and they got me a job in music Ground, So, oh yeah, that's yeah. awesome. But oh, yeah. uh, also regret with like, you know, it's it started with my dad passing away and being like, oh maybe like I didn't uh, do this or I didn't do that, and I should have done. You know, it's just things that aren't worth thinking about, but you just can't help it. And Absolutely. and that kind of stems to like. Well, maybe I should have gone to school for something that wasn't journalism. (laughs) And maybe I shouldn't have taken out all that student loans. Just, you know,
0: stuff that really there's no point in thinking about, but I do. I did the exact same thing, though. I took out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to go to school for journalism, so I can relate. Um, Dylan, what keeps you up at night? Uh, Rewatching The Office for the 12th time.
3: Uh, that's that's a common one for me. Uh, I'm one of, I'm one of those guys. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm 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 hooked. I don't know. I, there's there's others I revisit though. You got to do Community, Parks and Rec. I'm watching Community right now.
0: Is it your first time? Yeah, I just finished oh, the first season.
3: Uh, season three is like where they really like hit their pace. Yep. Like, dude, it's it pretty
0: wild. I love watching like young John Oliver. Yep,
3: and Donald Glover before he was like a real serious musician.
0: Yeah, yeah, I. Yeah, the best character is definitely Abed.
3: Yeah, dude, Abed, Abed's amazing. It only gets better too, so stick with it.
0: But yeah, I'm gonna watch some after this.
4: I will, I will um, second that. I I watch Community during quarantine in its entirety. It's it's fantastic. So yeah, definitely,
2: definitely keep keep her keep her going. I took up nice. a, I took up a little bit of cooking. I got into some, you know, cooking more things, broadening my horizons that way. And I've been watching Parenthood, actually, on, on Hulu, um, which is a show, also an NBC show from, like, started like 10 years ago. Pretty serious, funny, but doesn't try to be funny. You know, there's some good lines in it. I, I'm on my second rewatch of that. It's like the only show I've ever binge watched. You know, I, not even really a binge, like an episode a day. <laughs> but it's uh it's a great show so i'm watching it again i'm almost done again so we're getting there so. it'll be on to something else i'll be taking suggestions
3: since they w- put a neon genesis evangelion on netflix I, I slammed through all that during quarantine and like went into a real deep depression like <laughs> my partner was like you cannot watch this anymore <laughs> like it's making you question your reality way too much no uh, I, I just started
4: watching it cool thanks Dylan.
3: uh <laughs>
0: I watched uh before <laughs> community I, I uh watched Arrested Development.
2: That was a great show.
0: Oh it's
2: that's like what, two or three seasons, right? Something
0: like that only? Uh it's a the original run is three, but they okay. did a re- they did like a reboot that I didn't watch because I heard it wasn't that good, but yeah. I've uh, been
3: uh, I've been watching Breaking Bad for the first time, so like you know, don't ruin any of that. But boy, I just saw I, some wild stuff. I'm like midway do, through season
2: three. Do you like I, it so yeah, far? Because I I cool. haven't seen it before.
3: Oh, dude, uh, you gotta you gotta plow through like the first few episodes of the first season where they're like kind of setting all the pegs. But like pretty much once Walter shaves his head, like it's on. Like
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I man, that reminds me of high school. That was. That was one of the first shows like I ever really like seriously watched. But anyway, um, Pratt, what uh puts you to sleep? What uh, puts me
2: to sleep? Uh, sleep sounds are, are good. Oh well, uh, yes, ASMR, right? I, I, I will open up uh, my Apple Music and I'll find a sleep playlist. If I'm ha- if I if I feel like I really need to like, if I have to get up early or whatever, I really need to to fall asleep that uh that certainly helps definitely uh get you know those anything from you know water to you know forest sounds whatever i I like a nice nice mix of of sleep sounds I've an alarm clock with they have alarm clocks that have seven or eight different you know sleep sounds i should look into one of those Uh, nice (laughs) sleep sounds are the fucking truth, for
3: sure. That's going to be the next album. Is going to be all sleep sounds. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: JD, what puts you to sleep?
3: We can do that in your basement, Dylan. For sure. <laughs> yeah, it would be the mm-hmm. one thing Whitney will let us get away with. Get
2: mm-hmm. like a xylophone. Or, uh, yeah, that'll work. A xylophone, A xylophone and open the window, and we're good to go.
4: I'm sorry, Ben. What was your question? <laughs>
0: All right, we'll to
4: sleep. <laughs> oh yeah, um, shit! Anime and uh, dabs. dabs.
0: Anime and dabs. <laughs> if there isn't something that describes, <laughs> if there isn't something that describes people in their mid to late twenties more than dabs and anime, that's man.
3: Have you seen that, that meme that's like millennial health care and it's just like photos of a dude sleeping water and weed?
0: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Pretty true. <laughs> yeah. I saw one today that was like the, the Flintstones vitamins that you used to eat, take as a kid, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like pop one pop some of these. Yeah.
3: Cure, the, cure uh, the corona with some Flintstones gummies or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I used to eat those when I was little, too. Um, Mike, what puts you sleep? Well,
1: I swear I don't even really like pop punk anymore, but reassurance from the homies that everything is going to be okay and that we're all in this together. is like, really the only thing that has made me feel okay through this whole thing. So, and skateboarding and painting.
0: Validity. Old, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shirt. Dylan, how about
3: you? Have you guys had a uh, Dots home style pretzels?
0: No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have not.
3: Man, check them out. Oh yeah, they're great. That's a that's the number one late night snack right now. I crunch some of those, turn on the office, hop on Fortnite with the boys, fall asleep in the lobby. It's great.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Dylan does fall asleep in the lobby from time to time. He's, that's actually true. <laughs> Is he really? That's Dude, crazy. I've passed out
3: in the middle of matches, like, Mike and Sammy two different times have told me that, like, I'll just stop talking and then the storm will be coming and I'll just be, like, standing there and, like, just be eaten by the storm and slowly <laughs> die as, like, the game goes on and, like, never respond. Like, they have to, like, kick me from the party and shit. Like, it's, it's bad.
1: You're just, you're just in full dad mode on, like, the, the, easy, the lazy boy, just, like, in the seating, like, sitting upright.
3: Dude, and like, just picture me, like, <laughs> switch in hand, just. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> dude, I I know quarantine is gonna go pretty far into next year for sure. So, I'm part of me like wants to get back into video games, but I know that if I started playing, I would just get so hooked again. Cause like I just get so invested in them. Like, dude, when I used to play Skyrim in high school, like. It was all yeah. all I did on my winter break. Let's bring back Runescape. <laughs> Let's bring back oh, Runescape, dude. right? Yeah. I love Runescape. Yeah, total to Runescape. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, guys. Um, Thank you, Ben. Hey. Thanks for
1: having us. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, I had a great time hanging out with you guys. So uh, for everyone watching, um, be sure to check out Garden Home uh, with Disposable. Their EP split with American Bandit. Um, Looking forward to what they've got in the chamber. Thank you for watching Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.